Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here on the airwaves of WXAN Radio 103.9 on your FM dial. Here at the windswept hills of Ava, beautiful Ava, Illinois. Here we are coming to you on another Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Please reach out to your friends now via text or email or give them a phone call. Tell them that your radio pastor... Dr. David Pinkerton is with you again this morning, and I am accompanied today by my beautiful wife, Dorinda, and we're glad to be in the studios of WXAN Radio, bringing you God's Word to encourage you as a believer and edify you, help you to be stronger in the inner man and to glorify Jesus Christ. And if you're lost, that you would know Christ as your Savior. Today, we are coming to you as a follow-up message, uh, thanks again for listening in, everyone, every Saturday, and thanks for your feedback. If you would like to correspond with us, you can do that through drdave13 at gmail.com, drdave13 at gmail.com. That's our email address, and we'll be glad to correspond with you. Um, now, this is being aired uh, on the 30th of July, and we are excited. Tomorrow we're going to be, July the 31st, at the J City Church in Johnston City, Illinois. Our Sunday school time there is 9.30. The service time is 10.30. It will be live streamed on Facebook beginning at 10.30. We want to encourage you, if you can, be in your in the local southern Illinois area, Come and join us. I would love to meet you. So would my wife, Dorinda. So would the good folks at J City Church. If you're looking for a warm, welcoming church to come and hear God's word and to be able to just enjoy the presence of God's spirit around God's word and God's people, you'll get a warm welcome at the J City Church. So look them up, J City Church, on, um, on the website. And uh, come and join us. That is July the 31st, Sunday morning at 9.30 and at 10.30. Invite your friends. Come and be with us. I would love to meet you personally. Now, let's get right into the message this morning. Open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 19. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 19. That primate will be the primary verse that will constitute our text and message. Now, you heard me say a little bit on last Saturday's broadcast, and this is a follow-up to that message, okay? We talked about what drives your life or what is your purpose in life last Saturday. This Saturday, I want to be the agitator, and I say that in a very complimentary and a pleasant way, and that's my intention, but I want to agitate you, kind of like a washing machine has an agitator. I want to be your spiritual agitator this morning to get you to start rethinking about being in the house of God. You and I need to be around Christian people. So I want to speak to you this morning on a place to belong. A place to belong. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. With the saints and of the household of God. A place to belong. Now listen secondarily to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. Listen to what God says. And remember this, you know this about me. I love to quote Jesus, but when we open the Bible, we are opening the mind of God. 
All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, God says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. So Paul's writing to Timothy here, and he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, when you go to the house of God, you should know how to behave. In other words, the teaching is that you're going. It's not your consider going, but you're going. Now, folks, listen, I know we've had a pandemic, and I know, get ready, because the devil's going to throw monkeypox out there to try to keep some of you scared and away from the house of God. I'm going to encourage you on the authority of the Bible and the resurrected coming again Savior, Jesus Christ, that you have nothing to fear. Go to the house of God to worship. And that's what this agitation is about today. God's teaching you that there is a place for you to belong as a believer. We need to get back into the house of God. So think about this, please. Um, when you consider going to the house of God, God has called you not to just believe on Christ. Yes, you are saved through trusting Jesus by faith as your personal Savior. But God now wants you to belong to his church. He wants you to have a place where you go. You see, even in a perfect and a sinless environment, such as the Garden of Eden, God told God that it's not good that man should be alone. Why? Because we were created, folks, for community. We were fashioned for fellowship. And we were formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes for our lives by ourselves. You see, God's Word, the Bible, talks nothing about solitary saints or spiritual hermits isolated from other believers and deprived of fellowship. The Bible says that we should be together. Now, while your relationship to Jesus Christ is personal, God never intends for it to be private. In God's family, you're connected to every other believer, and we're going to belong to each other, folks, for an eternity. When we get in heaven, you won't be by yourself. Remember that. Now, following Jesus Christ it includes belonging, not just believing. We are members of his body, the church. C.S. Lewis noted that the word membership is of a Christian origin. But the world has emptied that word of its original meaning. Nowadays, we have stores that offer discounts to members, and advertisers use members' names to create mailing lists. In churches, membership is often reduced to simply adding your name to a role with no requirements or expectations. But to Paul here, under the inspiration of the Spirit, as he writes to Timothy, you see, being a member of a church meant being a vital organ of a living body, an indispensable, interconnected part of the body of Jesus Christ. We need to recover and practice the biblical meaning of membership. You see, the church is a body, not a building. It's an organism and not an organization. For the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, they must be connected to your body. Well, the same is true for you and I as part of Jesus Christ's body. We were created for a specific role. But you'll miss that second purpose of your life if you're not attached to a living local church. Are you a member of a church? Now, you may be a member from a long time ago. You may not be, you know, actively participating, whatever the case may be. 
But you should be a member of a church where you are fed, where you line up with the doctrinal beliefs and the teachings of the of the church, where the Spirit, number one, has led you to be, number one. But you should be part of that, folks. Churches are filled with membership lists of people that haven't broken uh, the screen of the door in years. And that's not what God designs and intends. You say, Pastor Dave, the church is full of hypocrites. Yes, it is. And one more won't hurt anything. A hypocrite is a person who is a play actor. Now, I don't really know Christians who are play actors, but if you're talking about we as Christians who've been saved by the grace of God, who who try not to, but we still sin on occasion, and we don't always live up to the glorified name of Jesus Christ, yeah, that's all of us. But we're saved by the grace of God, and our intent is to live for Jesus Christ But don't let the word hypocrite stop you from going to church because the stores that you go to, the work and the business that you go to where your place of employment is or whatever, it's filled with hypocrites too. And that doesn't stop you from going. So don't let the devil use that, folks, to stop you from belonging to a church and participating. So organs of our body fulfill a purpose, but they are connected to a body. You have a purpose That's why God has still left you on this earth. If you're listening to Pastor Dave this morning, I want you to know God has a purpose and a reason for your life. And you're saved. Look at the spiritual dynamic of what God is doing in your life right now, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your family, in whatever you're doing. So discover your role, folks, and you find that role and you're fed from the church of the living God. Now, I would encourage you, don't be loyal to a church If God wants you to be somewhere, go to that. Go where the Spirit wants you to be, where you are fed spiritually, where you can use your gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you to carry on the ministries of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you because I know how we are as human beings. We are bent on being loyal to certain names and organizations. We should be loyal to Jesus Christ and the Bible. Number one, number one, number one. So discover your role, folks, and you do that through relationships with other people. God tells us that we all have a role. So being in the house of God, a place to belong, is what God cares about. You see, membership in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something that can be casually ignored. The church is God's agenda for the world. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is indestructible and will exist for eternity, and it's going to outlive the universe, and so will your role in it. The person who says that I don't need the church is either arrogant or ignorant. The church is so significant that Christ died on the cross for it, that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. That's what the Bible says. Now, let's talk about this this morning, okay? You need a church family, and so do I. All of us do. And the word, the local church comes from the Greek word ekklesia. That's called out, all right? So, yes, in a universal sense, we are the church of Christ because I've trusted Christ as my Savior. You have too. But, friend, think about this. The, the man in Papua New Guinea or the woman in New Zealand that's trusted Christ, yeah, they're part of the family of God just like you and I. But we all need a place to belong 
where we can feed, where we can affect, where we can use what God has given us and to build that up. So you need a church family. Again, I told you this morning at the beginning, I want to be the agitator today. But secondly, consider this. A church family, and we all need one, moves us out of self-centered isolation. The pandemic has caused people to become isolated. And it's really just become a great big excuse for people not to attend church anymore. Well, it's over, folks. And the monkeypox is not going to be a big deal. It's over. Get out and get to serving the Lord Jesus, please. God wants you to do that. Dust yourself off, pick yourself up, and go. If you need to wear a mask in your church, do that. There's In churches that we have visited, and Dorinda and I have visited several churches this spring, there's always masks. There's always hand sanitizer. People respect a six-foot roll. People expect, we want everyone to be safe in church. But you can still go there, folks, because you can still go to Walmart. You can still go to the grocery store. You can still go to the baseball field. So a church should be no different. The local church is the classroom for learning how to get along with God's family. It's a lab for practicing unselfish, sympathetic love. And as a participating member of the church, you can learn to care about other people. And you'll have shared experiences with them, too. The Bible tells us to confess our faults one to another. In a church, you can do that once you have that dynamic built up, that trust relationship. You confess your sins to Jesus. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He, that's God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you can confess your faults one to another. I've seen it, and so has Dorinda, in our services over the years, where people stand and testify to what God has done for them. And other people have heard those testimonies in person and have been encouraged because they have shared experiences. Or they're going down a similar path right now that someone has just went down, a trial or a difficulty or a death or something, maybe even a great victory. But we have shared experiences with one another in a church, and that moves us from a self-centered isolation. Only in regular contact with ordinary, imperfect believers in Christ can we learn real fellowship and experience the New Testament truth of being connected and dependent upon one another. Now, biblical fellowship, folks, is being as committed to each other as we are to Jesus Christ. God expects us to give our lives for each other. Many Christians who know John 3.16 are aware of 1 John 3 and verse 16, how that Christ laid down his life for us and that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's a kind of sacrificial love that God expects us to show to other believers, a willingness to love them in the same way Jesus loves you and I personally. So a place to belong. Not only does belonging to a local church identify us as a genuine believer, number one. Number two, not only does it move us from self-centered isolation, but number three, a church family helps you develop spiritual muscle. You'll never grow to maturity by just attending worship services and being a passive spectator. Now listen to Pastor David for a minute. This is where it's going to get rough, so listen close. Let's be honest with God and ourselves. Only participation in the full life of a local church builds spiritual muscle. So over 50 times in the New Testament, the phrase one another 
or each other is used. We are commanded to love each other, pray for each other, encourage each other, admonish each other, greet each other, serve each other, teach each other, accept each other, honor each other, bear each other's burdens, forgive each other, and submit to each other, and be devoted to each other, and many other mutual tasks. And that's biblical membership. These are your family responsibilities, if you will, that God expects you and I to fulfill from a local fellowship. Are you doing these things? Am I doing these things? You say it may seem easier to be holy when no one else is around to frustrate your preferences. But that is a false, (laughs) I mean, to understand that. It's false. Yeah, you got to get along with other people. It's okay, saints. It's okay. Laugh about it. But it is a false, untested holiness. Isolation breeds deceitfulness. It's easy to fool ourselves into thinking that we are a mature believer if there's no one else to challenge us on what we believe. Real maturity in Christ shows up in relationships with other people. Christian people should be able to sit down and talk about biblical doctrine that they may disagree on without becoming disagreeable or getting frustrated and irritated with each other. We need more than uh, we need more than that to grow as a Christian. We need other believers. We grow faster and stronger by learning from each other and being accountable to each other. And when others share what God is teaching them, we can learn and we can grow from it. So when we consider the local church and getting back into service and attendance at the local church, we consider a place to belong. We said that we needed a church family because it identified us identified us rather as a genuine believer. Secondly, the church family moved us from self-centered isolation. Thirdly, the church family helps us develop spiritual muscle. Now, number four, why do we need to belong to the church family and get back in attendance in the house of God and be active in it? Be active in it? Because the body of Christ needs you. God has a unique role for you to play in his family. This is called, if you would, your ministry. Yes, I have a preaching and teaching ministry. But you also, every Christian, has a ministry. Dorinda taught multitudes of young adults, uh, toddlers, all these in intermittent elementary style ages over the years in our ministries. And she's been able to teach all these different classes and even um, adult ladies. She's done a lot of good, good, good classes with those, that area. But every one of us have a ministry. You say, Pastor Dave, I'm not able physically to go to church. Well, God knows that. But you still have a ministry. You can pray. You can encourage someone. You can pick up that telephone and encourage them. There's something. We all still have a ministry until the Lord comes and gets us. So God has gifted you for an assignment, folks. you got a spiritual gift that's given to us. And it's given to help the church, to edify, to build up, or to encourage the church. Your local fellowship in the house of God is a place God designed for you to discover, to develop, and to use your gifts. It may be in the choir. It may be in Sunday school. It may be in the food ministry. It may be in the evangelism ministry of getting the gospel out door-to-door 
and it may be on social media. Now, do you take care of and manage the social media platform for your church? Man, there's something for everybody to do if you want to do it, but you have a gift to use. So you may have a wider ministry, but that is in addition to your service in a local body. Now, Jesus has not promised to build your ministry. He's promised to build his church. Think about that. So why should we belong to the house of God? Another another reason. You will share in Jesus' mission in the world. Number five, you'll share in the mission, Christ's mission in the world. When Jesus walked the earth, God worked through the physical body of Christ. Today, he uses his spiritual body. The church is God's instrument here on earth. And we are not just to model God's love by loving each other. We are to carry it together to the rest of the world. This is an incredible privilege, folks, that we've been given together. As members of Christ's body, we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his eyes. And we are his heart. He works through us in the world. We each have a contribution to make. Folks, listen to me. You have a contribution to make in the mission of Christ here in the world. And you do that not only singularly, but you do it collectively through operating in the local church. Now, quickly, we got a few moments left. But why, why should we consider a place to belong? Why should we get back into the house of God? Well, number one, it honors God's word. Number two, we've seen these other points. But let me give you another thought. A church family will help you keep from backsliding. When I say backsliding, I'm not talking about you losing your salvation. I'm talking about you getting out of fellowship with God. You see, when I trust Christ as my personal Savior, I am born again of the Spirit of God through faith in Jesus. So when he died on the cross and shed his blood in our place, according to Isaiah 53, he bore the sins of the whole world on his own body, on the tree. He was buried in the tomb and then resurrected. We are sinners. We cannot save ourselves. All we have to do is lay down our life against the Ten Commandments, and we realize we need a Savior because we violate those Ten Commandments. And if we're guilty of one, we're guilty of them all. And Galatians 3 and verse 26, I believe, says the law or the Ten Commandments was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So, friend, you have no hope of getting to heaven. Your church membership, we're talking about church membership today or church activity and church attendance, but it won't get you to heaven. You must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and him alone. So if you don't know Christ is your Savior. I want you to follow me in this simple prayer from the sincerity of your heart, identifying and recognizing you are a sinner and you cannot save yourself, but you believe that the Bible teaches that Jesus died for your sins like it does, that he shed his blood for your sins on the cross as your sacrifice, and he paid your sin debt, that he was buried and then resurrected the third day. And you would like for him to be Uh, to be your personal Savior, and what He done to be applied to your account so you could be forgiven. You do that through a prayer of faith. Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you like to call on Him now? Follow me, (coughs) excuse me, in this simple prayer, and mean it from your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I am trusting in you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven.
Now, if you've done that, we want you to write us so we can get you some new information as a new believer. But that establishes your relationship to God, okay, a father and to a son or to a daughter. Now, when we backslide, we get out of not the relationship, but the fellowship or the communing with God. And that happens when we let sin come into our life and we stop talking to God and obeying his word. That's what backsliding is, disobedience to God because of willful sin in our life. And when we confess that sin, 1 John 1, 9, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness and reestablishes that fellowship. But a church family will help you from backsliding. Get this, none of us are immune from temptation. Given the right situation, I promise you, you and I are capable of committing sin. God knows this, so he assigned us as individuals the responsibility of keeping each other accountable in the Bible. No, you don't, you don't examine somebody else's life, and neither do they examine yours. However, we get encouraged when we're together. And we get strengthened spiritually when we're together with other believers. And it helps us to overcome temptation because we see other people living for Jesus and it encourages us. It bolsters us. Folks, the recipe for backsliding and getting out of fellowship with God is just to be by yourself. And we are called and commanded to be involved in other people's lives. No, we don't identify and, and, and look into people's lives and become busybodies. But we encourage each other by being together, and it builds us up spiritually so we don't get out of fellowship with God and or backslide, and the church helps us. I'm going to conclude it with this. If you take a charcoal charcoal grill, you pour the briquettes in it, you're getting ready to do uh, grill some burgers or dogs or steaks or chicken breasts or whatever, you get your, pour your your Kingsford coals in there, you put them in the barbecue, you slather them down with the lighter fluid, and then you, you put a match to it and you see it catch fire. Those grills get hot, or those coals get hot. Those coals are like individual people, spiritually hot in a church. If you take one and you take it out of that with out of that mess of briquettes and set it by itself, it becomes cold. That happens in our life spiritually. We need to feed from the heat of other believers, and that happens in a church. Now, get back to the house of God. Let God bless your life, and he'll bless your life in every capacity. Come to the house of God. Come be with us July the 31st at the J City Church in Johnston City at 930 and at 1030. Come be with us. We'd love to meet you. But remember, the Good Tidings radio broadcast, we want you to have good tidings. Find a place to belong. Get involved. Get committed. Jesus is coming again. We, on behalf of Dorinda and I, we want to wish good tidings to you and your family. God bless every one of you. Good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The day is finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. No to fear. For unto you is born this day the Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir. So fear not, fear not, I bring you yeah, yes. tidings of 
sai 